Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. Thanks for joining us once again. We got a really good show planned for you today. We're going to talk about something really, really important. It's the biggest thing, I think, facing the church, particularly in the United States today. And so we're going to be talking about deconstructionism. Deconstructionism. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Of course, I'm joined by my husband, Chris. Yes. Zero credibility, Chris. That's my name, right? Why do you say that? Well, I don't know. I just I have nothing to offer, right? Um, I don't know. You just keep you well, you can keep bringing in the big bucks, and I'll keep you <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah. I'm a full time. <laughs> well, no. When you look at the deconstruction movement, I mean, I'm yeah. a nothing. I'm a white male. I'm a pastor, and so I also have a very strong biblical worldview. That makes me part of the problem you're part of the out crowd Pro- part of the problem and, yeah. and i don't speak their language and and they they don't they can't understand english apparently yeah. and they celebrate doubting and all these things so i'm excited that you want to get into that today I do. before I do. we do let me tell everybody that freshroadmedia.com is the home freshroadmedia.com no apology with emily and chris emily danielson she is the up-and-coming premiere voice for Christian apologetics from a female perspective. Up and coming, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, after 21 <laughs> years, you're almost an overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, he whose star shines brightest shines shortest or something. Briefest. Briefest? Yeah, that's yeah. the word. Yeah. Briefest. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Enjoy the show while you can. <laughs> Emily, Emily's got no promises that it's going to stay. So, all right, Emily, set the table for us. Uh, deconstructionism is a epidemic problem that is it being is. Uh, sold to us as a solution for those who find Christianity lacking or the church has hurt them mm-hmm. or they realize the standards of authentic Christianity are so high they don't want to reach it. In their snowflake, it's, it's really a snowflake religion is how I've kind of di- um, dissected it. But very, tell me what you think, Emily. You've done a ton of research it's on It's a it. very liberal, false theology is what it is. And when I say liberal, I'm not, again, not talking about politics here. We're just talking about ideology, the underpinnings of yeah. this ideology. Uh, we've seen it before. And so, um, first of all, I want to talk about Why are we talking about it? Because a lot of people will just kind of look and say, hey, you know, isn't it just a different way to approach the Bible? And they all say that they love Jesus. We're going to address that a little bit later in the show. Well, one thing we can say is Jesus loves all of us. And so out of Jesus's love, you got to look at the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think you do in a very good way. In fact, not only me, but people who've researched you and your approach have said, that you have a voice that could connect with a lot of people because it's such mom common sense. Yeah. And so in a mom common sense way, why do you think deconstructionism is as dangerous as what you just said it was? Uh, well, because, number one, when we turn to God's word, what does the Bible say about Satan and his tactics? What mm-hmm. does he do? Yeah. He masquerades as what? Um, an angel of light. An angel of light. Wow. Somebody went mm-hmm. to Sunday school. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm, I am the lowest <laughs> Bible scholar you will ever meet. Right. I yeah. mean, I'm the knuckle dragger. No, okay? you're, you're good. No, I am. And, um, and all of you other knuckle draggers and you listening, if you are one too, 
welcome. Yeah. This is your show. This is for you. But I think that's really important to remember uh, because when you read through scriptures and you see how Satan um, talks to people and approaches people, he doesn't jump out and say, hey, I'm Satan. I'm here to destroy your faith. No, he's, right. he masquerades as an angel of light. He's pretending to be good. Don't forget. Yeah. I think he hides at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> no, a place that pretends to be good. <laughs> Emily sells it like it's this great nah, place. And then nah. you get there and you realize, <laughs> oh, all of these tchotchkes, there go my NASCAR tickets. There go my, <laughs> there go my football. T- anyway, keep going. Bad okay. joke. Back on Bad topic. Timing. <laughs> Back on topic. And if you're hearing this, that means that we don't even care anymore. For, We're not even going to edit it. For right? the distractible people in yeah. the room. Right. Um, no, but Satan does have a lot of games that he plays. Yeah. And people in the Christian world are deceived by it. Well, and but we, we need to understand his tactics. We need to understand right, right, how right, right, he right, does right. stuff. Number one, he comes across very nice, very sweet sounding, very, it sounds good. He doesn't jump out and say, I'm the devil and I'm bad and I'm here to make your life miserable. He doesn't say that. No, Mike he, Shaw will do that in a second. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Mike Shaw is for. That's what he's for. Uh, but rather, and, and C.S. Lewis has a really, really good quote. He says that Christianity and studying the Bible, you we need to learn the difference between, not the difference between what's right and wrong, mm-hmm. but we need to know the difference between what's right and what's almost right. Very and good. And that right there is the key. Chris, you've talked many times about just a little bit of poison mm-hmm. is all it takes, surrounded yeah. by a whole bunch of good cheese, yeah. is what kills the rat. 2% of rat poison is poison. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. What Emily always used to tell our kids is she would say when they'd want to watch a show that just, it only has a little bit. It's only rated R because it has this little bit. She'd be like, okay, I tell you what, I'll make a big pot of chili and I'll go out and I'll get a dog turd out of the yard and I'll just stir it into the chili. Just like a tiny, like the size of a bean. Yeah. You won't even notice. You won't even notice. I'm going to stir it in the chili. Do you still (laughs) want to eat it? Oh, gross, mom. Mom's gross. Mom's trying to feed us dog poop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, no. Dad she's would hear to... about it when <laughs> you drove home that oh, night. Oh, there was sometimes from the driveway to the house, you were the craziest woman that God ever put hey, on the face of the they learned, didn't they? <laughs> they learned. They are all contributing members of society, self-sufficient, and they love the Lord. I, so, we okay. had four kids by 27, and so that meant they were kind of condensed in age. And it was, everybody had a problem. Mm-hmm. And so I would come home, and a lot of times the theme when I'd get out of my truck or get out of my car to the walk up the to the to the front deck which went into the sliding glass doors which was our farmhouse at the time it was dad save us from mom <laughs> she's trying to make us eat chili uh, anyway go ahead okay but but that is the analogy that's, that's the, the analogy. analogy and yeah. it's a good one yeah because that's how satan operates tozer aw tozer uh he talks about how satan is not he's not fighting religion okay mm-hmm. let's just Forget that. He's not fighting the so-called atheism, even though atheism is a religion, whatever. We'll talk about that. That's another show. Um, But Satan is not battling religion. What he's doing is he's creating a Christianity that is so close to the real thing that Christians are afraid Mm -hmm. to question it. You know, it's, it's it's close. It's similar. It doesn't... 
And this is really, really, really dangerous stuff. And so that's why we're talking about it today. We're going to talk about the end result of deconstructionism. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see exactly, I mean, this is, these are matters of life and death for people. They really are. I've got an analogy I'd like us to start with because I think this really helps people get their minds open. Okay. Like, for example, doesn't the Bible say that judge not lest you be judged. And then in a different passage, it says, make sure you judge and make sure you judge correctly. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what's, it, what's it saying? I mean, that's a contradiction. No, it's not a contradiction. Right. Let me give you an example. There's a man in our congregation named Ryan Peterson. Ryan is six foot four and he's got two little boys and you can tell both those boys are going to be big. I mean, the football coach at this three and two year old are already going, yeah, this is going to be great, you know, 15 years from now. Cause he's, He's a big guy, right? He's a, it's, it's, it's safe to say Ryan Peterson is a tall man. He stands six foot four. Yes. Okay. Is that safe to say? Yes, absolutely. I'm here to say no. It's not safe to say. It's context matters. Because if I brought in the NBA All-Stars and, okay, five guys that are average five foot eight standing next to Ryan Peterson, he's a tall man. He's six foot four. But I bring in the NBA All-Stars where the shortest guy is five or six nine. Ryan Peterson's not a tall guy. He's a dwarf. He is the shortest guy in the picture. If there's six men in the picture. He's a circus freak. It's the NBA All-Stars and Ryan Peterson. He is a short man. So do you realize right. that context matters? So it absolutely does. Saying absolute type statements in context is correct. Mike Shaw, myself, we're not exactly tall guys. If we're standing next to Ryan Peterson, and you say Ryan Peterson is a tall man at six foot four. That's a true statement. But if again, if we have the NBA All Stars, it's a it's a lie. Mm-hmm. It's it's a false statement. Well, deconstructionism has a lot of that same thing going for it, where it uses absolutes, assuming that Ryan Peterson's a tall guy because he's only going to be standing around guys five foot eight. No, he's standing around guys now six foot nine, six foot ten. He's not a tall guy anymore. Am I making sense? Because yeah. deconstruction goes right in that same vein. It's like Everything is taken out of context. And out the, of context. And again, yeah. I started the show with with my biggest problem with it, and that is they start by saying millennials have their own language. Millennials can only be reached if you have, you know, and pastors don't understand. We can't evangelize those people. You know, that's where I start with, okay, you've just eliminated critical thought from your discussion. Mm-hmm. So you're taking it out of context. Right. You're, you're already starting the tall guy conce- concept with by putting people in the room that make it your truth. And you do make a good point in that there is objective truth and there is subjective truth, but the problem with deconstructionism is they take all truth and put it under the subjective column and they say there is no absolute objective truth. And that is not everything is relevant, okay? Big, small, tall, short, those things can be relevant. However, there are some things that are not relevant. There are some things that are absolute. They're settled. And God's pretty clear in his word what they are. That's how we can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses mm-hmm. 4 and 5. And it talks about the weapons of warfare. Because what does it say? Make no mistake, it is warfare. Mm-hmm. I mean, over and over, God talks about this as a battle. It's mm-hmm. a battle for the mind. It's a battle for knowledge. It's a battle for understanding. God wants to be known. Yeah. And so it's all about the mind. And you right? were just talking about the tactics of Satan. Yes. And one of the big tactics of Satan is to appeal to our virtues, to keep our mouth shut and not get in that battle. Right. Because the 11th commandment, 
thou shalt be nice. Well, you know, you've got to be nice, you know. Yeah, but we do get in the battle. We stay in the battle because that verse goes on to say we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of Christ. Mm -hmm. And we take every every thought captive to Christ. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? So it's a battle for the mind. We're supposed to be engaged in the battle. We're supposed to be at our posts and we are not supposed to neglect our posts. And so that's why we're doing it. That's why we're talking about it today, because we have to. This is what this is what the Lord tells us to do. Mm-hmm. We tear down arguments that come up against Jesus Christ. And deconstruction has several arguments that do indeed come against uh, the Christ of our salvation. So that's why, number one, we're going to talk about it. Okay. Because God tells us to. Well, let's okay. define it. I know it's hard to answer, but before we do, let's bring in Mike Shaw. I was just going to say, we've yeah. only mentioned him like 10 times now. Yeah, he's now. sitting right here. We may as well bring him in. It's fun yeah. to talk behind somebody's <laughs> back when they're sitting just to the left of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I should put your mic on there too, Mike. Now oh, they can hey, hear you. you. Yeah, they're not. Hey, 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 yeah. hey, hey, hey. Just because my name's Mike yeah. doesn't mean it just automatically. Yeah. It just doesn't automatically. Yeah. Right. It just doesn't exactly. So, Mike, you, you've of heard of this deconstructionism in your path haven't you yeah so this is crazy right when we were talking about me coming to iowa and doing all these things that god has appointed us to do and the way god opened those doors and uh i think it was you emily who who mentioned deconstructionism i'm like what the heck is that (laughs) i've never heard of that before well let me tell you all about it and then you started telling me about it and it's like oh emergent church yeah and so i'd heard of emergent church yeah and so I mean, the bot, I'm going to get to the punchline at the beginning and then we can deconstruct it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, deconstructing humor. Yeah. That's always entertaining. There you go. <laughs> so, emergent church or deconstructionism, they want to feel it's social, it's social justice. It's yeah. kind of the Christian version of woke. It's, true. That's, yep. That's they true. don't believe the Bible is literal. And when you say that, you've lost me. Yeah. And, that, and yeah. that's the bottom line for yeah. me. And yeah. we stand on God's truth. And God put uh, every single word in that Bible is God breathed, God inspired yeah. for a reason. Good for instruction, correction, rebuke, rebuke. everything in all things. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to I bring yeah. up something. Um, and Emily, I want you to go first, and then Mike, you can jump in. Where we have no guest today; it's just us. And Emily said we need to talk about deconstruction. She's the boss, so yeah, here we are. Really well, I play one, but on fresh road. When someone says "What is deconstructionism?" You, yeah, you, when someone says "What is deconstructionism?" You try to answer that, right. and it's such a a, a broad. Um, it's hard to Term. define. Yes, right. tell me why. And this is exactly well. I'll tell you why. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Deconstructionism actually began years and years ago, and it was really a methodology that was applied to fictional literature. Okay. And so people would take fictional literature and they'd say, forget what the author's trying to say. Mm -hmm. Rather than looking at the text to try to determine meaning, what you do is you take that text and you look at it from your own perspective, your own experiences, your own culture, and then you determine for yourself what that means. Mm -hmm. Now, it's pretty harmless, you know, when you're reading poetry or when you're reading fictional literature that well, that's okay it can become even, even a, when we watch movies sometimes there's a premise where i have to say to you 
look, you cannot identify with these characters. Right. Yeah. Because if you identify with these characters, this movie's not going to. You'll gonna, hate the movie. You'll hate the movie. Right. Yeah. You know, especially if there's a cheating spouse or something yeah. like that. I mean, or, or temptation in marriage. We, we, we speak against that so often. We don't want to consume that for entertainment. Right. But sometimes there's a storyline where that's going on. And it's like, you've got to deconstruct that. You have to like not identify with that particular character. And, like movies, there are movies that will make you identify with the protagonist, even if the protagonist is an evil villain. Have you ever watched a movie where you're hoping the villain like wins? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I do live it, with you. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Um, although th- that's that's what deconstruction, I think, tries to do is the author of confusion tries to come in and deconstruct stuff. But right. back to where you were. Yeah. Literature. You're, you're told, no, you got to process it through your and, and literally you become a god. Right. And so you process everything as you're the god. Right. And so that was the In origin. That was the origin of deconstructionism. However, it's gone through this morphing and it's been applied to so many different areas of life um, that that's where we get um, like everything changes. Nothing. Again, getting back to. um uh, the words I was saying before, uh, objective truth and subjective mm-hmm. truth. They're yeah. making everything is subjective. Now, they're applying it to law. They're mm-hmm. applying it to our educational system. They're applying it to a lot of different things in our culture now where they ought not to be applying it. You mean like gender? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or and science, so like that's why. That's why... Uh, we no longer have that that um, equal justice under the law. You've got one guy sitting in prison for the rest of his life because he had marijuana on him, and then another guy that gets out in 15 months even though he murdered somebody. Uh, and, and it's just, it's not fair. Well, why is that? It's because this deconstructionism, this the culture and the story and my personal experience and everything has to morph and everything has to change over time, that's why... It being applied, deconstructionism being applied to, say, law, now law is, it's virtually meaningless. It's kind of just a game of chance when you go before a judge to find out what's going to happen. And we've deconstructed the Constitution. We've deconstructed marriage, where now it's not just one man, one woman. It can be anything. It's totally fluid. Exactly. Mike Shaw, where are you seeing deconstructionism, not in the church, but in general society before we get to it being in the church? So it's everywhere. And uh, it started in the 60s. You take prayer out of school. And mm-hmm. then you start indoctrinating kids like me, <laughs> right? who grew yeah. up in the 70s and 80s. It wasn't nearly as prevalent as now. Right. But, you know, what you're talking about is relativism. Yes. So, like, what's true for you may not be true for me, and what's yeah. true for me may not be true for you. And um, it's evil in the secular sense. How much more when Satan brings that tactic to the Bible and you get to pick and choose which mm-hmm. verses you like Bingo. because it's your truth. And you get to throw out the ones you don't like because that's right. not your truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't relate to someone who's this and that. Uh, I'm sorry. The Bible is very clear. Uh, God loves you. Jesus loves you. You're not his kid until you cry out to Jesus. And then at that point, you count the cost. Right. Um, and it's your obedience and you become like Christ. He doesn't become like you. (laughs) Exactly. That's the twist that they've made. That's the exchange that has happened. But deconstructionism isn't new in and of itself either. I mean, we've we've seen it years ago in the forms of 
postmodernism or, um, Mike, I think you mentioned the emergent church earlier. Right, right. We've seen the attempts of this before. And so Satan has just kind of repackaged those old things that really didn't catch on and didn't we didn't gravitate towards them. So he's taken the same lies. There is no absolute truth. Mm-hmm. Everything changes over time. Evolution, postmodernism, emergent church. That's what we're talking about. It's the same liberal ideology that has the underpinnings of deconstructionism. And it's very, very dangerous. And it indeed, uh, uh, it, it, it leads to death. Well, it really does. One of the leading guys to uh, send us down this path started in about 2001, 2002. We were in the same room with him uh, for a weekend uh, for a conference in 2003, and his mm-hmm. name is Brian McLaren. Yep, yep. If you want to lose credibility with me, like completely <laughs> throttle your credibility, start quoting Brian McLaren as if he has any wisdom to share, because this is the most deceptive man I've ever personally met. I mean, this this guy is a heretic's heretic, and that's just the facts. I mean, that, he says that himself. Now, you're looking at me with that bad look like, don't say that. Well. But The reality is Brian McLaren starts his conversations with people to to go down the path of deconstruction with this statement. He says, let's set the cross of Christ aside. Mm -hmm. Let's set the cross of Christ aside and then come reason together. So we know that it's called postmodernism. We know it's called emergence church and and, and all those things are repackaged. Now deconstructionism is, is the thing. And what does that look like? It starts with questioning everything. Well, deconstructionism follows that same method. Let's set aside everything we've been taught. Let's yeah. set aside everything that someone has told us uh, in regard to faith, and let's tear it. Let's dismantle it, and then we'll just build this this new faith. We'll come mm-hmm. to these this new understanding, and. Um, it's really interesting because they will say things. There's some some kind of common terminology. Mm-hmm. Things like we want to create a safe space for questions. Yes. Okay. Um, all questions are welcome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a really foolish thing to do. Well, that's I a, mean, again, is Ryan Peterson a tall man? You know, in context, being able to ask questions and have people that are patient with you to answer the questions is cool. But what they do is they make the questioning the the goal you know it, it, it's, the it's, questioning it's differently is the method. in their context all questions are legitimate even things is false right even things that you thought you you believed you accepted as truth yep. you took into your court no 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 you got to question that. set those aside and you have to basically they're asking you to prove what you believe before you can really believe it. Yeah. That's the opposite of faith. Yeah. Faith is uh, having hope in something that you can't quite see yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not irrational. It's not illogical. But but that is not living by faith at all. Well, and we have seen um, throughout the scriptures where not all questions are good. Yeah. Not all questions are good. Some questions are meant yeah. to deceive. Some questions are meant to lead you astray. We'll start with Satan in the garden. Let's you talk talk about that. Yeah, talk Satan, about Satan that. in the garden. Hath God really said? Did God really say to Eve? Yeah. Did 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 God really mean what he said? 
well, did God say it that way? Yeah. And and that that's the first deconstructionist is it, right. Deconstructionism exactly. is a doctrine of Satan. Right. And I told this to a guy who turned around and said, I'm accusing deconstructionists of, of worshiping Satan. It's like, no, dude, that's not what I said. Again, context matters. Right. But the doctrine of Satan is hath God said, did he really say, is, is what he, did he mean what he said? Right. And let's question everything. That's foolish. Again, saying Ryan Peterson is a, is a tall man standing next to NBA All-Stars is stupid. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that's what you, that's where you start seeing the same pattern where, uh, Satan, uh, he approaches Eve, yeah. And says, did God really say that? Surely God didn't say that. And she's like, no, he really said that. She heard it with her own ears. She knows what God has said. So you can't dispute what God has said. We have it in God. We have God's word today. We cannot dispute what God has said. But then he moves on to that second point. Mm hmm. But is that what he really means? And that's yeah. where deconstructionism picks it up. That's not, no, Paul wasn't speaking to us today. He was right. just speaking into his own truth. And we can take that as a symbol and determine what it means for us today. Well, Did, look, look, that's not what it means. Looking right? at scripture, you got the Pharisees with Jesus three times in Matthew 20. Yeah. 20. Hey, Mike, do you know, can you think of other times in the Bible where there's been questions, where Satan has questioned somebody or Jesus, whoever? Yeah. And yet, you know, there's ulterior motives there. Is this Mike's time to talk now? Cause, yeah, because I mean, he's been waiting. He can't get a, we can't get a word in edgewise. Mike just yak, 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 yak. He just I'm nonstop. trying to control myself over here. Can't you guys accept my truth? Hey, Mike, you used yeah. to host your own show, and yep. the hardest thing to do is be a guest on somebody else That's and true. just let them sit there and take your points. But yep, all right. Yep, I so you. I believe that uh, Emily has outlined some great deconstructionism in the scriptures, and, yeah. and she's given us our show prep sheets. Yeah. I guess this is your your point your point uh Jesus and, and deconstructionism in the scriptures well just real quick I mean let's let's stay in the garden real quick because okay. half God said half God said half God said what's the next step well then you can be like God yeah, yeah have there some, you go have some of this fruit here and I'm telling you if you're throwing out part of the scriptures the ones you don't like and keeping the ones you like and reinterpreting it all you're making yourself God, and that is so that's a good point. dangerous. Mm. So that's a dangerous. really, really good point. That's yeah. what it is. They're setting people up to determine truth mm. for themselves, uh, not letting Scripture interpret Scripture, mm -hmm. but you're going to interpret Scripture. You're going to take the place of the Word of God. So that's a really good point. Well, the arrogance that surrounds deconstructionism is, is literally suffocating. Yeah. It's suffocating how arrogant it really is at its core. I was in a debate online with a deconstructionism, and they typed back uh, Jude, verse either 22 or 23. It's not in front okay. of me, but it's the verse that says, have mercy on those who doubt. And so my first question yes. is, all right, who needs mercy? Somebody doing right or somebody doing wrong? Right, right. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know, God wants faith. Faith is what pleases God. Exactly. If Apart you doubt, are that, you evil? Are you mean? Should you be punished? No. We all no, go through that. We all that. go through that. Yeah. But there's a, there's, it, again, is Ryan Peterson a tall man? You right. know, yeah. it, 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 again, it's context. Yeah. Context matters when you're talking about doubting. Yeah. And now we have people that are celebrating doubting as if this is some, 
you know, new thing that is going to, you know, that they, that the pastors and the white guys, they can't they can't really totally understand. Yeah. And I want to get to that in just a little bit. Sure. But I let's really go back do. to the scriptures. We have Matthew uh, 22 outlined. Matthew is chapter 22. I mean, and that's not the only place. I know, but that's a good but, one. And if you guys think of any, please jump in. But the Pharisees numerous times mm-hmm. approached Jesus with questions. Yes. They approached Jesus about should we pay our taxes? Yeah. And and it really was, they was not about the taxes. They were trying to trap him mm-hmm. is what they were trying to do. Well, the brother marrying widows is also in that same passage. Same day. And we they saw the same question. We yeah. saw a guy trashing the Bible online about, about six months ago. And his, his biggest complaint was that he believed the Bible commanded him to marry his brother's wife if his brother dies. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, Dude, you got to understand the concept. You got to understand the culture and you got to understand there was no unemployment office. There was no where 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 people right. could go. It was all within the family structure. It's how people actually yeah. had shelter and food. Yeah. Okay. And that's was, the that's the culture in which they were living. It was really interesting because the Pharisees kind of used the same tactics that we hear today in that liberal ideology where they put together just this extreme scenario with the brother marrying his brother's widow. Yeah. And he's like, say there's seven brothers and the first one dies and it goes all the way down, like all seven or all six dudes die. Yeah. You know, it's just this extreme. So, well, what Must about that? Must have been that? a COVID vaccine you know? breakout or something. <laughs> yeah. And we, <laughs> anyway. hear, we hear that a lot today, like yeah. with arguments for abortion. Yeah. Well, what about... These extreme situations and, you know, and it's just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not even, and, and this it's not even, even real. But this it's isn't even tactic. the first time on this show I've even mentioned this. But whenever you're in a debate with a, an abortionist, um, pro-choice person, uh, usually and so many times they're, they, they try to claim Christ. But long story, ask them this question. Just say, um, before we talk about rape and incest and the need for abortion, can we then agree that abortion on demand is wrong? Right. Ask that one question and you'll realize who you're dealing with right. straight exactly. away. Another one that they brought up was what's the greatest commandment? Yeah, I wanted to ask Mike that one actually. Mike, what is the greatest commandment? Well, the greatest commandment is to love your God with all your mind, soul, and strength. Exactly. And the second is like these to uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. All of the Bible and the prophets um, – Hang on these. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and here's the thing. When Jesus was asked that question, which one's the greatest commandment? Again, the Pharisees were trying to trap him. Mm-hmm. The Pharisees were trying to trick him. Mm-hmm. The, tra- the Pharisees were trying to find a way to throw him into jail and, and blame him and, you know, call him a blasphemer or whatever. All those questions were bad questions. Yeah. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew. Jesus even said he knew their heart. But I mean, yeah, what, the, what, exactly. what, what What did they do? They came to him and they called him teacher. And they say, we know you are able to teach in the true way of God truthfully. And you do not care about others' opinions for you are not swayed by appearances. They so always deceitful. buttered him up. So they, deceitful. They buttered him up every yeah. single time. And you'll find that when you, when you engage. Yeah. This is what I want people to know. Is that when you engage with someone who is involved in deconstructionism and that method, because it is a methodology, um, 
they will compliment Jesus so highly, mm-hmm. just like the Pharisees did. They called him teacher, that he was true. He taught what was true. He he taught what was godly. And they would say these wonderful things to Jesus's face right before they threw a question at him to try to trap him. Yeah. And so it sounds good. That's the problem. It sounds good. Oh, it does. It just <laughs> sounds sweet. Right. And they they want to create a safe place for questions to be asked. So mm-hmm. we we just talked about how not all questions are good questions. We got loaded questions. We got deceptive questions. Don't yeah. fall for that trap that, oh, we just want a safe place for all questions to be put on the same level and heard equally. That is not that that's a ploy of Satan right there. Yeah. And we I think we kind of spelled that out. But as you engage with someone who is involved in deconstructionism, Mm -hmm. remember, go back to what we were talking about earlier, where they deconstruct language, deconstruct the meaning of things, and it causes so much confusion. Well, ask yourself, who's the author of confusion? Yeah. Who? Oh, that that would be Satan. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we need to... And I'm going to do this for you guys. But I we, mean, I was put on the spot for a second there. I'm like, do I answer? Is Mike Shaw going to finally yeah. talk on the show? What's here's, going on? Here's what we need. We need, we need, we need the drop from Dana Carvey. <laughs> Is it Satan? And then Chris can drop it in whatever he yeah. wants. Church lady. That's what we need. Yeah. Exactly. And that that's just a ploy from him. And so. What happens is you get into a conversation mm-hmm. and they get, they'll get very agitated. They love the questions about Jesus, about the Bible. They say they're for the skeptic, but they don't like questions about their methodology of oh deconstructionism. You'll see no. people get very agitated yeah. and then they'll start accusing you. Multiple conversations with multiple deconstructionists over the last 15 years is where Emily is coming from. Yeah. And and in Iowa, we've 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 encountered a couple, uh, a handful of of folks that are deconstruction. The thing that makes me the most sad about the deconstructionists that we've met is I like them all. They're nice people. And they, you know, they generally come across like they they want a sincereness. But they will turn, especially if you use the wrong word. Ooh, oh, words don't oh, mean. Oh, happy day. That's the key. Words, you know, don't have to mean the same for you as they do for me. Right. So that's why when we were talking earlier that deconstruction was a hard term to define. It is because people, they, it's like a moving target. Well, that's not what that word means. That's not how we use it. That's You know what I'm hearing a lot here? Yeah. I'm hearing a lot of woke language. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what do they do? Yeah, what do they do the in the woke Christianity? What do they do in the woke culture? They redefine words. Exactly. And that's a it's a it's a form of us controlling your speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what happens before you speak, it starts in your mind. So it's they're controlling the way you think through politically correct language. It started with that. Now uh-huh. it now it's turned into all this woke stuff. And then deconstruction itself. Um, because they're tearing things down to build up what they want to build exactly. up. And, um, exactly. So you talk about discernment, you know, I was thinking about a certain group that had uh, a spot in the Super Bowl. Mm. Okay. And, some, and one or two of their spots, their first spot, Jesus was a refugee. He mm. gets you. 
Right. And right. so you did talk you, about did you discern- read my right on way off questions? <laughs> no, is it? Oh, no, great. I, no, I, got, I didn't know that. I, I got right on way off assigned to me, and so yeah. I, I'm ready to go. I'm excited for that. I'm yeah. excited for that too. Okay. And so that's what cued. That's what Jesus. Is he a refugee? Is a right on way off question, but that's a Super Bowl ad that you're talking about that comes from the woke side. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's what clued me in is like, you know, you're using woke language to relate to me and I don't relate to that. And so my alarm bells went off and I hope other people as well. Yeah. That gets back to, you know, when the spirit lives in you, he's going to send little things that Mm. that tap you on the shoulder going, wait, something isn't right here. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that's wrong with deconstructionism, um, you can say you don't, you're not using that word right. You don't understand what that means. And so what I like to do is I like to just quote deconstructionists themselves. Well, yeah, the moving target and it's circular reasoning and it's just insane. Like, yeah. like they will literally say that all questions should be legitimate, that we should be able to question anything. A safe place and, for yeah, questions. A safe I don't know who got questions. beat up at church for asking a question, but... but you know, no, it's what they're, what they're really saying is you should capitulate and give me the answer right. I want. Yeah. And when we have settled answers, that makes them mad. Safe space. That is woke language. Exactly. Go ahead. Sorry. But, you know, here's the thing. These people <laughs> that are alarm. these yeah. people that are sitting there saying questions and doubting is everything. And in the in the. In the the, the spirit is in the questions and it's in the doubt. And it's like, no, no, it's not. It's in the certainty. And so and then they get visibly agitated yeah. when you have skepticism over deconstructionism. Right. That's the line you can't cross. Right. When you cross that line, then you've really done something bad. And they basically want to go have their own, what I call, woke church. And when they go to their woke church, they create a Jesus that's not of the Bible. True. And my fear for some of these people who I really like is that they are going to woke themselves right out of God's will right, for their right, life. Right, right. They're, they're going to claim a Jesus. They're going to be a Matthew 7, 21 through 24 person on judgment day. They're going to say, Lord, didn't we? And he's going to say, no, step off. Yeah. I don't know who you are. That's yeah. that's where I struggle. And we are the problem to the deconstructionists. And so we have to be marginalized. And so I started the broadcast by talking about how I am so sick of being marginalized by what I consider idiocracy, you know, just stupidity. Mm -hmm. Are you telling me that millennials are so deep in their, in their intellectual prowess that they can't understand (laughs) English? Right. No, you got to speak a different language. Pastors don't understand. They don't know how to evangelize us. They don't know how to reach us. They don't know how to talk to us. Well, let me tell you something. The Bible is pretty firm that the gospel is for everyone, including you, in simple, straightforward language. It comes from the Hebrew and the Greek, down through Latin, down through Tyndale and into English. And guess what? It's simple, and God knows that all people can understand it. And so we can evangelize the millennial. We're using the same gospel message that was used... um, that saved me in, you know, in the seventies that saved exactly. uh, Billy Graham in the forties or yeah. whatever the case might be. Yeah. Yes, you, Mike Shaw. You know who, you know who that is that's saving all these people uh, <gasps> and who's drawing you to God, the Holy spirit. spirit right? <laughs> it's not <laughs> so, us. That's the thing. I mean, how many times I have no idea. So if either of you two know, just pipe in, how many times does God say words to the effect of be separate, 
don't blend into society. Right. You don't need to speak their language because right. I will give them eyes to see. Mm. I will give them ears to hear. So if there is a clergy, if there is your meemaw yeah. who's telling you about Jesus and her life or his life, demonstrate that. Um, to say, well, uh, you don't speak our language. Well, the problem isn't that they don't speak your language because God doesn't tell them to speak your language. The problem is you don't understand because you haven't been given eyes to see or ears to hear. And Chris, you're absolutely right. Um, we talked about before how they want to set everything aside, set everything that you have been taught aside, because that way they can discredit any... Um, any uh, conflict someone might have with right. their methodology by saying those things that you said. You yeah. don't understand. You're using that word wrong. You don't speak our language. You can't evangelize to us. And so automatically prior Christians are discredited. Clergy are discredited. The reformers were discredited. And, and even people in the Bible, the authors in the Bible are discredited because they're just speaking to their own experience and their own culture. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean what I want it to mean. It's so deceptive because it actually goes down smooth, but then it makes your stomach upset. It mm -hmm. really does. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of those things where you, you have to ask yourself, you know, what what is real and what isn't. Mm -hmm. And the Bible worldview means we give up this life for the next and we trust Jesus fully from the word go. Yeah. And then he opens our eyes to the truth of scripture. He puts in context whether Ryan Peterson is a tall man or whether he's not a tall man. Right. And that's, and if you're, you know, I, I always want to say if you're just tuning in, well, this isn't live radio anymore. I mean, <laughs> if you got this far, you heard the first part. So yeah, yep. I get kind of confused. All right. We need to move on. Describe the three stages of deconstructionism, uh, Emily, because this is, this is key. This is key. We want to give you some practical takeaways. We want to be not just conversationalists, but we want to, you know, besides being your companion Christian radio people that we've been for 20 years, we also want to turn more towards teaching. I'm wearing the Bible Idiot shirt right now because my podcast where my preaching and teaching is, is called Bible Idiots. You can search for it yourself. This is Emily's show and Mike and I and other people are coming alongside. I've been her co-host for 20 years. She's been my co-host for 20 years. So it's, I guess, half my show. But not really. I'd rather just pastor the church, and so this is your it's deal. three-eighths your show. <laughs> <laughs> I right? A little I less than half. And that, uh, that, that, that other piece, that, that goes to Mike Shaw. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Mike, thank you. Mike, you're going to have your own Thanks. show before too yeah. long, and you're going to do it your own way. But well, I was going to say, go to freshroadmedia.com. Bible Idiots is there. Yeah. Well, there yeah, Bible Idiots is there. And, and my show will be there. It will. And if yeah. you send in a donation right now, that moves us one step sh closer to Mike Shaw getting his yeah. own show. Yeah. So All right. uh, I'm not going to hold your show hostage. Ooh, but I like that. I'm, 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 <laughs> That's right. Give now or the show gets it. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is staying in the cell until you give. No, right. Don't kidding. contact but, the but, police. But Emily, you have been my you have been my researcher on so many things over the years. You know, it, it, and, 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 you know, when the, when it was the Chris and Emily show we did it kind of together but you have really taken the lead in some really good research because i would rather put my research into biblical studies and that's why i love being a pastor that's why mm -hmm. i want to be a pastor that's mm -hmm. why i want to share god's truth as creatively as i i don't like offending people but at no. the end of the day no matter what i say there's going to be people out there that 
you know, say true love means you think like I think or I cancel you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. We're so tolerant. We can't be around you anymore. Yes. <laughs> yes. We demand tolerance or we will be the most intolerant people you've ever met. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. So, so deconstruction yes. has three or four uh, stages, steps. And this is a good teaching moment for anyone because I know your research and I know you're going to share it with right. everybody When I hear right things now. that I'm just like, I can't put my finger on it, but this does not sound right. Uh, that's when I do use the internet and I, I will just research and research and research because somebody somewhere has probably come to that epiphany before I did yeah. and probably wrote something about it. Do you remember trying to, to stand in line say. at the airport and the lady would be sitting there doing the, uh, I bought my microphone. She'd be sitting there doing the, the typing. The yeah. That's Emily doing research on her laptop at home. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And uh, I always say, yeah. are you fighting with somebody online? And no. she's like, no, not today. And so I'm then like, the okay. other point, the other point is that I do like to use the words of the deconstructionists themselves because then there's no way they can say, well, you use that term wrong or you don't understand what they mean. I'm saying exactly what they said. Okay. Did he really say that? Yeah, he did. If okay. you pay attention to Emily, the next five minutes, you will be blessed. You will know why deconstructionism is the evil that we say that it is. There is an agenda behind it. Richard Rohr, R-O-H-R, you can research him. He is kind of the face and the front of this deconstructionist movement. And well, how did he get in front of Brian McLaren? That's what I want. Brian's <laughs> no, not the kind of guy together. to let that happen. Brian's just for the record. Together. Brian's they're a disciple, together. it sounds like. Yeah, yeah no, no, yep, no. It sounds like Brian's it, yep. not a disciple of anybody but Brian. Well, but anyway. Okay. Anyway, um, so going to some of the writings that Richard Rohr has put out, he does put together a very easy to follow three points of to to outline what deconstructionism is. Three points. The first one is construction, the building of one's faith, which is really interesting because right there he's saying we're starting with people who have some sort of foundation. They have some sort of faith. And yet when they talk to you, they say, we're for the skeptic. We want to reach the skeptic. We want to reach the non-believer. We want to reach those with that their questions. But no, the very first step, they're approaching people that have some sort of foundation, they already have some sort of faith. So their target really isn't the skeptic. Their target are people of faith. I've and always then, felt like I've always felt like they 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 target people of faith with a smugness and an arrogance they don't really see that they have. Right. They're basically saying you're 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 doing it all wrong. You're doing it all wrong. You're doing exactly. it all wrong. And we, all the people are, before you yeah. did it wrong. Yeah, and, and <laughs> especially those pastors and those white guys and I mean, you know, yeah. all those other things. They don't really we know. Yes. We 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 are and not only that, but we're so gracious. We have the special truth. <laughs> yes, we have the special yep. truth and we are gracious. Special revelation. Uh, Sorry to tell you, yeah. but the Bible right. is that special revelation that it is everything that we need. As Mike said, you can't understand it unless you have the Holy Spirit. You right. got to seek him sure. earnestly and, and God will give it to but you. But they believe that their intellectual pros, prowess it's trumps. It's mental gymnastics. Trumps, yes. Yeah. And it makes them feel really good and smart. And when I do this voice, themselves. when I talk about them, I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we already talked about uh, the first level, construction. Uh, people having some sort of faith, the building of one's faith. Number two, deconstruction, the challenging of one's faith. Now, we just talked about how the uh, 
the the Pharisees, they they challenged, they mm-hmm. challenged Jesus hard. Yeah. Satan did the same thing and the, and oftentimes used oh questions that sounded so great. But here's um, when you make that mocking voice, Emily, that makes me not <laughs> want to approach you or, or talk to you. So <laughs> that's okay. Uh, so I, the, that whole phrase, the challenging of one's faith, is really disturbing because my goal as a Christian is to help you build on your faith. Mm -hmm. My goal as a Christian is to strengthen your faith. Even if you don't understand everything, nobody does understand absolutely everything because God's ways are so high above our ways. He tells us some things are just flat out a mystery and Mm -hmm. we'll get in on it when we finally get to heaven. But um, so I don't (laughs) like that term, challenging one's faith. What's the point of challenging one's faith? It's to tear it down. And hath then God said. Hath God said. Exactly. Doctrine of Satan making sense yet? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then the third and final is the reconstruction. Okay. So it goes from construction to deconstruction to reconstruction. And the point of reconstruction, in the words of Robert Rohr, is the building of a new set of beliefs and worldview. Oh, Ooh, oh, ouch, boy. that is Boom shakalaka. Now this you is... either have a biblical worldview or you, you don't. don't. There's <laughs> right. really only two. So mm-hmm. what's this third different new set of beliefs and worldview? There is clearly an agenda behind it. What are your thoughts, It's Mike? like a roadmap to, to a cult. <laughs> I mean, this is this is like a how-to guide it to is. start a cult. It is. I mean, my goodness. And I pulled up a scripture here, too, from uh, Luke 1. Oh, good. Uh, remember Zacharias, mm-hmm. the father of John the Baptist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remember when, uh, it was probably Gabriel, uh, showed up and said, hey, uh, you're going to have a son, and, and he's going to do this, and he's going to make the way for our Lord, and blah, 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 blah. And Zacharias didn't believe him. Mm-hmm. Because of his doubt. What happened, Mike? He was mute. He got muted. He got muted. Here, Mike, 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 just keep talking. I'm, I'm going to do. I'm he gonna got do. muted. And then, see, uh, there, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, see, you can only hear Mike through there? my microphone. That's right. Because right now I, I just I just shut him off. I just muted him. I said his name will be John. Yeah. Now and then he got unmuted and his name is John. Now, so it's the heart, like you right. were talking about with the Pharisees, but even Zacharias was a godly man, mm-hmm. but he did not believe God. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. The angel was a messenger from God. If you don't yeah. believe God, then hopefully you're going to get muted. And yeah. But we need to have discernment so that we can tune them out of our lives. And, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, the deconstructionists are not being muted. They're being amplified well, the thing because is, of the times in which we live. Well, so that's, why this, that's why this show is so important, because mm-hmm. if you have discernment, you're already muting them in your own life. We yep. need to tell our family and our friends, share this message with them so that they don't get caught up in this satanic deceptive trap. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And well, the, the the true objective is to dismantle biblical Christianity mm-hmm. and create a facsimile. True. And the facsimile from some of the people, especially in the last couple of years, um, they really have a facsimile that uh, the naked eye looks great. It looks wise. It, it looks deep. Sweet. But yeah. it's not. It's such a counterfeit. 
It's just it won't spend at the store. And when you get to the store, <laughs> yeah. you're going to need some money in your pocket. Yeah. And this stuff is counterfeit bills from from top to bottom. It is. And so one of the questions might be, because uh, I want to skip ahead a little bit. One of the questions might be, but Emily, you know, what's your proof? What's your proof that this is really bad, that this is really dangerous, that that leads people astray? Well, you can do a Google search yourself. Uh, as far as people who have left the faith after going through deconstructionism, I imagine that there are countless numbers of unknown people that will, they're not famous, they're not high profile, will never know their names, yeah. who have gone through it and yeah, opted out. But here's the evidence. We have a list of people, a growing list of people who are very prominent people, who are very whole. Uh, high-profile people who embraced deconstructionism and in the end completely left the faith. Most people who do deconstructionism correctly do leave the faith. They do, yeah. They do. I mean, the end result is to destroy one's faith and look how they shift the blame. Um, Preston Ulmer in his book, we've got some quotes. Do you want to do those or do you want me to do those? Because this guy seems like he's a pretty decent guy in, in general terms. Um, but I think that he just so wants Brian McLaren's label as being, you know, top heretic in the country. <laughs> well, He's trying I, hard. It's it's interesting because you can predict again. Now we're seeing patterns. We're seeing things that we can pick out. And he follows those same patterns, those same methodologies that we've been discussing throughout the whole show. It's just a, uh, a post that he had promoting his book. Mm -hmm. And his book is Deconstructionism something. The There's Doubters a Club is what he... There's know, some subtitle. He started a club called The but Doubters But he's, he's involved in it and he's, he's, he's promoting it heavily, heavily, heavily. So uh, in promoting his book on social media, I don't know what platform it was, he says, um, I have never found a stronger foundation that who Jesus is, what he did, and what he is still doing. Yeah. So, like you the Pharisees, the, yeah, you got to preface the compliments to prefacing, Jesus. Prefacing, ooh, he holds uh, Jesus in very high esteem. Yeah. But then the quote about his book, he he goes on to say, "Questions and doubts don't ruin your faith. Questions and doubts will expose the foundation. A bad foundation will ruin." your faith. That sounds legitimate to me, Mike, Emily, that sounds good. good. What's, where's the problem? The problem is, who is the foundation? Jesus. No, no, no. Let's set the cross of Christ aside for <laughs> yeah, a minute. No. We got to set the cross set of Christ aside. Let's, let's come and reason See. together about what's real and what's not real according to right, us. You right. lost me right when you said that they say put the, the cross of Christ aside for mm -hmm. a second. Because it's Most of them central. don't say that anymore it because is. they know how, but that's really it's what they're saying. to everything. You have to look through it to understand everything else. Everything else is from the perspective of the cross and the redemptive, yes. redemptive work that Jesus Past, did. Yeah. Past, yeah. present, future. Yes. Um, all dimensions, all of creation, all of creation we don't understand. All of it centers on that moment in time when God gave up his life for me yep. because I could not be in God's presence without him making that way for me. Mm -hmm. Don't ever set that aside. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Now, Amen. Uh, the second part of that question of, of uh, Preston Almer, you know, he says that those questions, those doubts, they will reveal the weak foundation. Uh, no, 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 no. Once again, 
they're pointing. It, it's not deconstructionism that ruins your faith. Mm -hmm. It's those people that help you build that found. They did it wrong. Mm -hmm. See, it's that same mantra. Must have been they white pastors. Wrong. You had a bad foundation. You were told things. Da, 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 da. You can't trust your pastor. You can't trust mm -hmm. the reformers. You can't trust. Da, 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 da. Oh, you were gosh. told stuff. That's why your foundation was weak. And that's mm -hmm. why it fell apart. Not because of your doubts and your question. Like, I, I, if I'm talking about white people too much, I just read a, from a deconstructionist <laughs> that white people are part of the problem oh, yeah. with, with Christianity. White, yeah. white, white privilege or whatever. Pro-lifers are also a oh, big yeah. problem. Yeah, big problem. Yeah. Yeah. What? Absolutely. Yeah, no, even 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 some uh, people that we've met recently, they, they're, they're pro-choice, but they're the new thing on the block, especially with the deconstructionist crowd, but also with other people, is that you don't care about the baby after it's born. After it's born, you guys don't don't see anything, and so you're only about you know you're using selective grace. It's a lie. Man. That's a lie. I mean, <laughs> you're not getting irritated, are you, Mike? A little bit. Wait, a wait, little bit. Yeah. You should, you, you I know. know it's hard not to again. Really, Emily doing research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she she's booking flights back in the seventies on that thing, and she yeah. she did a research that Christianity, authentic Christians, Bible believing, biblical worldview Christians have more invested in adoption and in orphanages yes. and in helping kids on the street than any other organization. I don't see an atheist group going out there feeding kids. No. I don't see it happening. I've worked with those people. I've yes. Worked, I've worked with a couple. Well, first of all, Embrace Grace. That's a whole nother oh, story. Right. But what a great organization. What a, what a yeah. great organization. Yeah. And I know them very well. They're friends of mine. And then uh, we have there was another group that I worked with in Tucson where they have retreats for for women who've made that wrong mm. choice and they shower them with God's love and mm. God's grace and, heal. and restoration yeah. and forgiveness. And, you know, that is a part of it, too. So uh, they were lying Chris saying what they were saying is a lie. Right. There's a huge um, attack from them. Uh, Kremer, C-R-E-M-E-R, -E -E is one of them. I can't remember his first name off the top of my head. But he has a lot of posts, a lot of uh, social media posts out there um, decrying the efforts of the pro-life movement in passing pro-life legislation saying that people that are doing this, they're just trying to outdo each other as far as how cruel they can be in passing the the pro-life legislation and that it never occurs to anyone to ask why these women would have an abortion in the first place. And it's Mike getting back to what you were saying, because you've worked with these organizations. Yeah. Chris and I have worked alongside these organizations, yes. these Christian pro-life organizations. That's one of the things that they do. Every single woman exactly right. that do that uh, dons their door, they are asked, you know, whether they've had an abortion or whether they're considering abortion, why they get to know these women so intimately and they compile that data. They know exactly where these women are and what they're thinking and the turmoil that they're going through. And so, it, I mean, it's just lie after lie after lie after lie. And it continues to malign I guess you'd call it a pre-existing condition, a Christian. If you're a pre-existing oh, Christian, <laughs> uh, they're going to malign you if your ideology is different from theirs and criticize you with being cruel, hateful, uninformed, ignorant, all of those things. Well, the biggest thing that, that Satan does, and he does it all the time, like all the time, 
is whatever the evil minions of Satan soldiers are going to go try to do, okay, they accuse other people of doing it. Right. That's what Satan does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Deconstructionism won't ruin your faith. If your faith gets ruined, it's it's all those other people's fault. It's the clergy. It's the preachers. It's those who said it wasn't true. It's not our fault. It's all their fault. Right. And so they, they never look... They never look internally while they're telling you to look internally. Right. And if you would, if you, if, if you are That's a deconstructionist, no, I know, no, seriously, <laughs> if, if you are a deconstructionist and you're listening to us right now, I'm going to challenge you to do one thing. I'm going to challenge you to set all of your worldview aside, biblical and otherwise, and just open up the gospel of John. You can read it from cover to cover from John 1, 1 through John 22 to the end of the uh, end of the book in about 25 minutes. You can probably read a chapter a minute, roughly close. Mm-hmm. Let's just give you an extra uh, double it so you can absorb it. In less than an hour, you can read the Gospel of John. Right. And ask God to reveal himself to you through that, and you will see the divinity of Jesus Christ, and it'll lead you to a place where you you come to a, a place where I have to accept everything that Jesus has said because he's God. Mm-hmm. So everything that Jesus says, I want to try to obey. And here's the thing. I can't. Right. I can't do it. can't do it on my own. So I need his help even doing that. Right. But understand, Satan is going to accuse the brethren of what him and his, Satan, his soldiers are going to try to do. Absolutely. That is a big part of, of deconstructionism, in my opinion. We've got less than five minutes left in this segment before yes. we take a break and then come back with right on, right on, uh, way off. Um, Mike, where's your thoughts? Where's your head on this? We'll give Emily final thoughts on the topic. Well, I like what you just said, reading John and let uh, the Holy Spirit uh, draw you to, to God and, and speak the truth. That is a good foundation. And you kept talking about, you know, uh, white pastors are the problem. <laughs> I don't know. It was was uh, John wasn't, you know, John was Jewish. I mm-hmm. know, right? They can, <laughs> have, they can look <laughs> right. very dark. Hey, just a sidebar before you continue. Uh, we can take any race group of people yeah. and we can raise them up or we can tear them down yes. based on what they've done as a collective in a sinful fallen world over the last 4,000 years of recorded history. Well, what does yeah. the Bible say about race? There's no Jew nor Gentile, male we're all nor one female, and there's no race. That, we're uh, all one God blood. sees the heart. Mm-hmm. MLK was a pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when he said, I have a dream that people would be judged on the character of their of their heart, and then Colors of Character, were, you know, where that title came from, just to throw yeah. Chris's movie back yeah. in there. Um, that's what God sees is yeah. the heart. Exactly. Yeah. So if you have anybody who has special revelation, uh, run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Run. Yeah, outside of everybody else. And it has nothing to do with the melanin that's in your skin Let, or how much I, time you spend I, in the I sun. do want to add something <laughs> on to what Mike just said because I want to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. If God gives you special revelation and it lines up a thousand percent with Scripture, thank you. It has credibility, right? A little bit. Um, if it doesn't, could. It could. if it doesn't, it has no credibility. None. And here's the thing: I always have one litmus test when somebody says God told me to do something, mm-hmm. and that is who gets the glory. Mm-hmm. If they're getting the glory or leaving a piece of it, then I I, I got to question it. You know what I mean? Right. God told me to stop and give that person $100. And when I stopped, the person said, I was just praying that you would give me $100. And it's like, is that legit or not? I can make a case for either side. Yeah, yeah. My point is, is that God gave us very special revelation mm-hmm. and condensed into 66 books in the canonized scripture. Um, well, what about when it was 80? What about the Maccabees? What about the book of Eli? What? Look, 
God superintended that whole process. He's <laughs> yeah. got the Bible. He's it, got the final edit that he wants. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the fact that he used fallen man to share his love letter with yes. the world is yeah. pretty cool. But anyway, yeah. uh, any more you wanted to add on that, Mike? Because uh, I just want to make sure people didn't understand that if no. there was special revelation. No, you're right about that. And I what, believe what I got I meant... special revelation to make Bible idiots, but it lined up with Scripture and I got beat through the whole process and <laughs> so God got words, the glory. So. What you're saying is the scripture in itself was the revelation yeah. because it yes. lined up with yes. scripture. Yes. Scripture is your special revelation. Yes. Right. And the spirit still does speak to his people. But exactly. if you're but if you're if you're by if you're by in the in your name, if you're deconstructionism, run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because, run. Because you don't exactly. trust you don't trust uh the patriarchs, you don't trust the Bible, you don't trust You don't uh, even trust Paul. The like, traditions uh, along the way. Oh, Paul is said that, that he's is just that a man. Pauline theology <laughs> yeah. that drives me so He's just nuts. a man. He was just speaking his own truth, and it could be totally different from what you are. Yeah. Yeah. Run. So you're Run. just a man too, Mr. Deconstructionist. Yeah. We're all yeah. just men. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. There's no AI back in Bible one. times writing out Jesus. the scriptures for us. Jesus is like, why do you call me good? There's only one who's good. There's only one who's good. Yeah. Run to yeah. him and yeah. his word. Yeah. yeah. Emily, final thoughts uh, on deconstructionism. Just the final warning, uh, because I do have a list and you can Google this yourself. There's plenty of articles. There's plenty of people who have very publicly uh, and very hostily kind of uh, left the Christian faith, and they credit deconstructionism. Just to give you a few names, Joshua Harris, the pastor and author of the book I Kiss Dating Goodbye, that was a huge book. Huge hit. Uh, he left the yeah. faith altogether because of deconstructionism. Marty Sampson, Hillsong, Hillsong's worship leader, there's another one. Rhett and Link, you might not recognize that. They were like a YouTube... Those YouTube guys? Yes. Yeah, I would never have known them if my daughter wasn't a huge fan of their she morning really show. Liked they're them. They hilarious. Had a, I know, they're, they're really they good, good at what job, they do. But they're and, woke. And they, <laughs> but they went woke. They, went, they were they, Christians. Oh my they gosh. talked about their That's faith sad. growing up in the church and so on, and it was kind of a, an unashamed part of their show, yeah. talking about their faith a little bit. Uh, but from Good Mythical Morning, that's the name of the show. Uh, yep. They got involved in deconstructionism and very publicly have left the faith as well. Abraham Piper, son of John Piper, mm-hmm. a renowned pastor, um, he has left. Abraham has left the faith. And get this one. Uh, and just and just on Abraham for a second. Yeah, he was actually excommunicated by John Piper's church, mm-hmm. and John Piper still tries to love him oh, as absolutely. his son. Yeah. And absolutely. Abraham has come out in the last six months as saying, "My dad has 1.1 million followers on Instagram. I'm at 900,000. Let's show him that we know more than him." Wow. I mean, yeah. it's it's, it's he's, sad. I mean, I I I really want to use the word brat. Mm-hmm. But I don't even think that's strong enough for yeah. Abraham Piper. I mean, well, this this kid this kid just. He needs prayer. We he needs Jesus. Yeah. And it's right receive, there with him. And he right. just rejects it. Rejects it's not hereditary. It, you don't get it by osmosis. That's right. You Even have John's, to receive yeah. Jesus yep. as your savior. Mm-hmm. And and I think John Piper is really getting the experience that God has where this is this person made in my image is rejecting me and and my God. And yeah. that that's a sorrowful thing. Uh, lastly, Paul Maxwell. Get this, Paul Maxwell, if you don't know the name, he is a former Moody Bible Institute wow. professor. So these are not ignorant people. Nope. These are people that were very strong in their faith. And it is, they, they all credit deconstructionism. Joshua mm-hmm. Harris, he wrote... I have undergone a massive shift. This is very important. I've Mm -hmm. undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. The popular phrase for this 
is deconstruction. The biblical phrase is falling away. We've heard that term in the yeah. Bible, the great falling away, the falling away from the faith. And Even a deconstructionist, deconstructionist can use biblical uh, terms. Yeah, they're pointing to that as that's exactly what it is. And so I think it's it's wise in that context to, oh, okay, let's listen to what that guy has to say. Look, questions <laughs> in and of themselves are not wrong. There are deceptive questions, loaded questions, good questions. There are bad questions, questions meant to trip you up. Questions like, did God really say? They're meant to be deceptive, like mm-hmm. the way Eve was yeah. deceived. Be discerning. There is a Richard Rohr quote here that you've written in our notes, Emily. Do you oh, want to yeah. share it? I really think oh, that should be shared before we go to break. Them. Which one is it? I'm going to let you share All it because right. I don't know exactly which says, one you're looking at. He says, Jesus' death and resurrection is a typical pattern. Archetypal. For, ar- archetypal pattern for the movement from false self to true self who you think you are, to who you are in God. Yeah. Well, let me share with you who you really are in God. (laughs) You are a sinner who is separated from God for eternity in a place called hell. Unless you've accepted Jesus Christ and his free gift, what he offered on the cross. And so we will never set the cross aside. We will embrace the cross every worship service, every minute of every day, because our whole life. We went from death to life. Mm -hmm. We didn't go from bad little boys and girls to good little uh, boys and girls with Jesus. We went from death to life. And that's why this matters and why I don't want to. I mean, Mike, Emily, should we just sit by and oh, oh, Jesus is on the throne here. Let me share the gospel with you. Let me share the love with you. Let me share the truth with you. And oh, you reject it. That's fine. You you know, you guys want to put us in prison. That's fine. Is that how we're supposed to be? Mm, no, no. Okay. So, so, so I how, vote no. How do, how do no. we confront our culture with the truth that deconstructionism is a doctrine of Satan and do it in a way that's loving and palatable to people who think they're their own gods? That's well, my. That's the question that I have to deal with every Sunday uh, morning at the pulpit, loving. even in a conservative church that loves Jesus. The majority of the people come are soundly saved. And yet we want to be open to anybody that's not. How do we battle this with a balance of truth and love? Because I think that this show is an attempt. What do y'all think? Mike, go ahead. Mike, go first. You go I first. was going to say, this show is a good attempt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had the scripture up earlier. I'm just trying to search it out again. But, yes. But uh, Paul was talking to Timothy, and he said, beware of this person and that person. They did us <gasps> harm. He calls them out. He by called name. them by name. By name. <laughs> Some dude named Alexander is getting it bad. And, then <laughs> he's, and he's like, yeah, and he's like, if anybody comes around with a different doctrine, yes. run. Don't listen run. to them. Yeah. Yeah. Trust the right doctrine with faithful men. Yeah. I, I searched the scriptures for fight them, punch them in the throat, but Paul never, Paul he never, never did that. No, he no. never said that we could do any he of never that. Did. But, he, but he did say, you know, have nothing to do with such people. And, True. you know, it just goes. Again, that's another contradiction in the Bible, Mike, where no, we're told to not. break bread and have fellowship with all people and be nice. But there's some we're not even supposed to eat with. It's like, that's not a contradiction. Not that's a, a contradiction. Ryan Peterson is a tall man thing. It's, yeah. it, it's in context. So, anyway, look, keep going, bro. It's God's loving kindness and his Holy Spirit that draws people to him. Um, but the reason why Paul is saying stay away from these evil people um, that are rejecting who Jesus is, is because we, God loves you and he doesn't want that to rub off on you. <laughs> he doesn't want you to be deconstructed. Right. It's like restore your brother, 
but do it carefully that you don't fall into the same sin he has. Yeah. There you go. So it's, you know, we've got to tell the truth mm-hmm. uh, so that people will realize that they need the truth. And, you know, the Holy Spirit does the work. We just put God's word out there, which does not return to him void. That's hey, really that's the right true. way to do it. That's true scripture. Mm-hmm. It all gets back to scripture. Uh, Chris, you were talking about doing it love, loving and palatable. Loving and palatable. That's the same as tall and short. It's all, you know, what's loving to one person is not loving to another. That's just opinion. Mm-hmm. And so those things are relative. Um, you have if you're using scripture though, and you're and your heart's not wanting to just, you know what I mean? Uh, you're okay. You're safe. It might be hard. Are you for them talking to directly hear. to me? Uh, it might be hard to hear, and oftentimes it's hard to say. Yeah. But if you're not saying what you want to say, and you're saying what God says, uh, you're probably safe. This goes. This reminds me of my latest blog. Uh, the ugly side of kindness. Mm, uh, yeah. When you were talking about loving and being palatable and loving, kindness has taken on that same thing. Like where kind is just the end all to everything. And I think that's a good thing to try to err on the side of kindness. But again, you can go too far. And I thought your blog is excellent. Yes, it talks about the ugly side of kindness, and mm-hmm. that kindness uh, can be uncomfortable. Uh, it can be a little bit painful at times. It can be a lot of bit painful. But read that blog, and and it might um, make dog. you realize the poor dog. <laughs> the poor in the dog. Blog. It's a puppy story. Yeah. <laughs> the poor dog in the blog, but it ends well. It does end well. Yeah. But um, yeah, there can be a hard side to kind, and and you are being kind. Not everything has to feel good and fluffy and pillowy and soft. Well, if it does, you're probably in the wrong place. <laughs> and, and most likely Emily's not there. <laughs> All right. Let's end this long form talk let's show segment. Uh, let me share this with you. And then we're coming back right after the break. And by the way, at the break, we're going to have the Bible Idiots trailer. And if you want to get the movie for free, just give a gift of any any amount at freshroadmedia.com. If you don't want the movie, you still can give a gift at freshroadmedia.com. Uh, but Jesus says over and over, he says this, trust me and I will show you. He never says, I will answer all your questions and then you will know that I am God. Right. Sorry, that, that's not how it Opposite works. Opposite of faith, yeah. It's, it's, that's backwards. But we want you to stay with us right here on freshroadmedia.com no apology with emily and chris yeah trust me turn to me and i will show you great and wonderful things know that he is god he's bigger than me has anybody ever called you an idiot for believing in the bible Somebody says, you're just an idiot for believing the Bible. How would you respond? People think that Christians are idiots for what they believe. This God you claim is great isn't so great. Only an idiot would believe that. When you wonder about the relevance of the Bible, because it was written in a different culture. Yeah, even though the Bible was written through like a 
a spiritual notation, I guess. It still was written by a man. It's the second day and I'm asked to pray and I'm walking up towards the podium and I lean in and I say, Dear George. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that my life has been changed by the word of God. So what's your opinion on the Bible? It's 100% true. Sounds like uh, size involved in this process, you know. <laughs> idiots for Bible, that's, I mean, that's what I think of when I think of him. I'm not gonna call atheist idiots because that's just not nice to do, but. Approximately 1,500 times the Bible claims to be the Word of God. Now, what are we gonna do with that? That's kind of deep. <laughs> I believe in the Bible. I don't care who knows it. I'm an idiot for Christ. Ah, Emily's favorite music bed. <laughs> it's like a shock, like an electric pulse. I just realized my hair is really bad today on camera. So. For those of you listening, listening on audio, you're my people. I little mean, this, Einstein this going is there. a lot better long form radio talk show than if you're watching on Rumble. And I don't even know if we're ever going to be on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, but we've been taken off twice because yeah. we've said things we're that they divisive. don't like. Yeah. We, they don't like. One appeal worked. The one second appeal? appeal did not work. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I mean, you can't mention anything about where people cast ballots. And I don't want to use the E word. Yeah. Um, you know, Election. You can't have a you can't, <laughs> you can't have a that. certain opinion about a certain day. Yeah, that's in misinformation. January. That's misinformation. <laughs> oh, and and it's uh, YouTube says uh, for the protection. Yeah, the community. Protection oh, of the community. thank so, goodness they're protect protecting thank people from this grandma. Us. Yes, yes. Yeah. Do Welcome. protect the people from Grandma Emily. Here. Welcome back to No Apology <laughs> with Emily and Chris. And if you're listening on many of our outlets, you need to tell your friends about this show because we need authentic Christians listening. This is yeah. for you, if you are one. If you're watching on Rumble or any of the other outlets that we have, um, my hair is not supposed to look like this on camera. And by the way, I could go see a guy, and I'm not making this up. Named Ryan Peterson. <laughs> he's not the same 6'4 Ryan Peterson. He's a different guy who owns a barbershop. Oh, wow. And both Ryan Peterson. Is he here in town? Yeah. They, I need a haircut. They, they both go to our church. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I, I, They're I know. so vain. I don't know how many Ryan Petersons are in Iowa. I bet you think but... this show is about you. <laughs> Question one is not about my hair. Okay. All right. Let's just get that clear. Yeah, right. it, we could turn Christian it that way if we want. <laughs> it, I don't care what color it is. I'm just saying it's, it looks kind of wild today. I'm little, glad I, you remembered I, that song I don't, back in the 60s. I, a little 70s. dabble, do you? I've done I've done <laughs> I've done tons tons of TV, but I know I'm on TV. I know I'm not on radio. Okay. And, but radio is where I lived on and off for yeah. 40 years. I did my first radio show when I was right. 16 years old. And so 42 years technically. You're Took old. a shower every week whether he needed it or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. That's true. I, I ate three Don't times ask a day. me how I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so I look at this as more like a radio show than a TV show. So when this camera's in my face, it's a little distracting, but I'm getting over it. But those of you listening around the around the world and you are listening right now on a podcast audio only platform, let me tell you, I love you. 
I, I so respect <laughs> you. I so appreciate you. Tell your friends about the audio podcast. Are yeah. those of you on Rumble? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is what you got to look at right here. So, but you still, we still, we still got, we got her. So that, that works out. That's not helpful. <laughs> no, that's very helpful. Sorry. All right. Right on way off. Let's quit distracting. Let's get on with it. Right on way off. You guys can decide who wants to go first and uh, we'll go with uh, Mike Shaw or Emily. You guys have to decide. I'm trying to fix the, the computer. It's blinking out on me here. Tucker Carlson was oh. fired from Fox for sharing misinformation. Is that right on or is that way off? <laughs> I'm going to go first on that one because I know Mike has a lot more better stuff to say about that. Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox for misinformation spreading. Yes or no? Uh, way off. Way off. Way off. Lame-o, but whatever. I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt him much. Uh him? So I, you mean Tucker? I, yeah. Yeah, no, Tucker's yeah. going to be fine. I, just, I relinquished the rest of my time. I haven't watched Fox News in <laughs> We like haven't watched decade. in two years. I, we, we, we knew oh, we, we know who that. they hired uh, to be their, their, their top producers. And, they, and to call them liberal would be a disservice to liberals. They are full-on lefties. These, yeah. the, and how they got their jobs, Wolves I don't know. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Yeah, right? anyway, Mike, yeah. right on, yeah. way off. Wolves in producers' clothing. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, I'm way off on that one. Car uh, salesman in producers' clothing. <laughs> right? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I love car salesmen. I, I married one. So sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Continue. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, so it's way off. But uh, officially, Fox News has not told him why they let him go. Mm. So he doesn't even know. Okay. Yeah. Now, the latest information uh, through Megyn Kelly's show, which, you know, she was formerly at Fox, she just hit uh was it uh a million subscribers yeah on good her, for her on her YouTube channel so okay. she did so she went to YouTube and she's doing quite the job there and she said yesterday on that that uh, Tucker was told by a board member at Fox that it had to do with the Dominion lawsuit so uh, but and which so, is like nothing yeah I mean it's you had a parking ticket. You're fired. Yeah, you know. That's no, the whatever. Dominion, the Dominion lawsuit is yeah. is a way to transfer funds. It is it's because not, they're it's not they're legit. basically it's suing not themselves. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so whatever. It's, yeah. yeah, and the thing is, Tucker is the one who um, basically got Sidney Powell off of Fox, saying that she didn't have any proof for her, her allegations against Dominion. Okay, you know, so from you would think from Dominion's point of view that. And even from Fox's point of view for protection from a lawsuit like that, that he would be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Yeah. But Tucker himself, um, the reason why he's getting an average of three plus million views every night and the most popular show on cable was just because he was making such great points right. and telling the truth. So. He's kind of an engaging guy to listen to. Yeah, yeah. I'll give him and that. And he's yeah. funny. So where is he going now? Isn't he on Twitter or something? Didn't him and Musk yeah, so dream he, up a plan? I saw a uh, headline this yeah. morning. It's Thursday, May 11th, as we're recording. Yep. I saw a headline this morning that Elon hadn't signed anything. They don't have a deal yet. They don't have a deal. Uh, but they did talk. So they did talk. That was early reporting a, a week ago. Well, less, less than a week ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. But then Elon um, has come out and said, hey, he's just a user of Twitter. And what Elon is doing with Twitter, kind of off topic, but related, um, mm -hmm. Elon is trying to make Twitter the platform for truth and for, you know, where you can have free speech. So mission accomplished there. Yeah. He's moving more and more into video. Um, okay. Matt Walsh has moved his show to Twitter. Nice. Uh, Two weeks ago. Probably where mm. we'll have to and go. I think we're going to. I never thought I'd say this. We're going to. I mean, I gave up on Twitter 
five, six years ago we and never looked back. Yeah. Um, maybe that's Twitter. where we have to go. Yeah. And may, you know, we, yep. All I know is we have to keep sharing the truth with what God provides for us. Mm-hmm. And he's provided this outlet now. Yep. I have no, I mean, when I say no, I mean zero. I mean, like you got to open the cellar door and look down to find my motivation to want to do more <laughs> broadcasting. I have it's, none. Yeah, yeah. I've done that. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And by the way, my t-shirt was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> we had a good t-shirt. Does it still fit? He's wearing it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> There's I, your answer. I went from L to XL to I'm I and two XL going. So, did it really come so, to this? Did you see my new my new Amazon shirt? Yeah. I got it from Amazon. This is two XL. Oh, nice. Mike. Because I have uh, Mike. I, I got off a of carnivore. And yeah. Got, and carnivore gained, diet. Gained all the weight back. And uh, by the way, Emily and the XL. By the way, our new band group. Emily and the XL. You want you want to come over for ice cream tonight, Mike? Yes. <laughs> Let me think about it. Sure. I make yeah. extra buttery popcorn. You, you know you're going to say yes, and you know I'm not joking. <laughs> That's true. All right. Back to what we were talking about, and yep. that is the fact that we have a bunch of different things happening right now, and I have no desire to go back and do broadcasting, but I'll do it because I will share the truth on any platform that God gives me. And if mm-hmm. we have to go to Twitter, I will go to Twitter. Yep. I mean, we got to continue to try to be salt and light in in any way that we possibly can. And even if we're not good at it, our mercies are renewed each day and then we go forward. And so I'm glad Emily really wanted to do this show. I'm happy to be here. It's not that I'm not. It's just I don't this is not I don't know. There's a lot of complaining going on this morning. No, I'm just kidding. Hi <laughs> Joe. What did you record yourself? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So let me just say this uh, is very clear that God That's opened funny. all the doors for me to come here. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I'm just it, pumped we're, about we're all, it. We're all, everybody's playing their role in yep. a way that we couldn't have structured ourselves. Anyway, right. God's behind this. However yes. you get this content, you need to share it with people and you need Please. to go to FreshRoadMedia.com and, and throw 20 bucks at Adam so we can keep Mike Shaw around. All right. Next question. <laughs> no 20 pressure. Bucks. Hey, I'm the pastor of a church. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to be. But I'll go anywhere and share with anybody anytime. All right. Right on way off. Oh, yeah. I forgot we were playing that Yeah, Right on way off. (laughs) Question two out of three. Question two or three. All right. Jesus was a refugee. Right on or way off? I'm going to do. Let's follow the same format. I'm just short to the point, Emily, then long form Mike. All right, Uh, Emily, right on way off. Jesus was a refugee. No, that's way off. That's way off. Um. You just have to look at the dictionary and read the definitions. And no, Jesus was like flat out the savior of the entire world. Uh, Yeah, no. But they fled to Egypt. Yeah, fleeing somewhere, going somewhere doesn't make you a refugee, you know? Yeah. I flee to the fridge every night about midnight (laughs) when I can't get to sleep. I'm not a fridge refugee. Jesus was a refugee uh, right on, way off. Mike Shaw. Way off. Way off. Way off. Defend. Well, the Bible tells that story. And uh, Joseph had a dream and angel came to him in a dream and said, hey, they're coming to kill your son. So get thee to Egypt. Yes. Because we all know that angels speak in Elizabethan English. <laughs> and so so Joseph packed up. Tyndale and, made it so. <laughs> barely, right. barely. Barely, barely. Uh, a time is coming and has indeed come where yes. you must yeah. go to Egypt. Yes. And you think the Bible would have elaborated and said, and they went to Egypt and Jesus was a refugee. Right, but no, right. it does not say that. Mm. They stayed in Egypt and until Herod died, and then they went back 
end to their of, homeland. End yeah. of story. If yeah. you're going to deconstruct that story right? and claim he was a refugee and therefore he gets you, uh, here's what it is. God is drawing you to him, and so he saves you, and then you become more like him, not yep. the other way around. Exactly. Yeah. The world... And everything in it belongs to God. Who is Jesus? Jesus was God. He could go wherever he wants, and he's not yeah. a refugee. Mike, A-plus for the day for linking that to deconstructionism. Yay. And your prizes, you get to host the next show. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, 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 He no. gets his own show. I get my own show. <laughs> yeah, he's we not going to ever host yet. this show. <laughs> no. Although when you were with your sister uh, in in the hospital in in Minnesota, Mike you did sat good. Mike you sat in good. the Emily chair, okay. and we just did a little yeah. fundraising thing. But we, we actually left, left Emily left up name. there. Yeah. So when I go to Israel, in um, next month, we can leave my name up, and maybe our daughter who's coming to stay can guest host for me. And Mike can help produce. And I'll do the studio like producing thing and make sure you guys yeah. are all set. There you go. That no. show will be totally off topic. <laughs> It'll be yeah. totally My off. youngest daughter It'll and be off I. The hook. Yeah. Yeah. I just think I that people so. need to see it. It'll be off the and hook. And experience off it. The hook. All right. Last way question the of the hook. day. Yes. Um, right on way off. There is still hope for the American Christian. Right on way off. Now, before we say there's always hope in Jesus, I want to take the question deeper. Okay. I want you guys to tell me, if you're going to say there is still hope for the American Christian, you're going to say right on, I want you to go deeper than just Jesus is on the throne. Okay. I want you to do more than platitudes. Mm -hmm. If there's not hope for the American Christian, and what, then I want you to explain that too. No, right on, way off. Emily, you started twice. Mike, you're going first. Go ahead. What do you mean? Right. <laughs> I need more. What kind of hope? This sounds like deconstructionism, I got to say. <laughs> is The question is, is there still hope for the American Christian? All right. I'll just take it from there. So I, I'll just. Uh, you can take it in any direction you want. I'll take it any direction I want. All so right. Just don't do the platitudes. Yes, there's hope because Jesus is on the throne. I want, you, I want you to go deeper. Okay. Whichever side you go on. So right on. There right is on. hope Mike's for the American right Christian. Yes. Because Jesus is on the throne. <laughs> Wait! Oh, but wait! There's more. Okay, there needs to be. There, yeah. yeah. No, I'm I, I'm full agreement with what yeah. you just said. I've made this point many, many times. But, but and and you and I've talked about the Barna numbers, um, mm. Barna research years ago when we were working together in Arizona. Barna research said of the Christians, of the people who claim to be Christian, over fifty percent of this country, only seven percent believe that the entire Bible. Uh, was inerrant. Mm. Okay, that number has dropped. So that makes it sound like maybe there's not hope for the American Christian. Well, there still is, um, because there is a remnant. And when Israel got down to a remnant, and even when God was pouring out his judgment, uh, he was taking care of the remnant. Mm -hmm. He was protecting the remnant. Even if we have to go through persecution like our brothers and sisters in Sudan, for example, who were viciously attacked and murdered in their churches um, during that civil war by Muslims, for example, uh, we might have to go through some persecution. We might have to live in a gulag for a while. We might have our heads chopped off even. Um, I don't know how all of that is going to go. We might live a very prosperous life and reap a hundredfold in, in drought. Uh, however God wants that to go, mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, 
we have faith in him and we are in him and we are his. Yeah. So we have a lot of hope. Yeah. A lot of hope. We yeah. always have hope. All right, yeah. Emily, right on, way off. There is still hope uh, for the American Christian. Right on. I think that we live in a time right now where our hope should be higher than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, every morning that we make that we wake up, his mercies are new. Mm-hmm. They're new. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um I think that through this persecution, well, I know that through persecution, Christianity often just ignites Mm -hmm. and it grows stronger and it grows hotter. And I have to say that I've seen that in different ways. I've seen our kids through the COVID-19 thing, like they got serious about their faith real fast. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what persecution does. And yes, it does kind of sift the wheat and the chaff. I'll give you that. Sure. But it also, it makes that fire burn hotter. And this is what's going to happen. We read these stories in the Bible about, you know, uh, what Abednego, Meshach, uh-huh. yeah. Shadrach, and, Met- and Abednego. And around the Bendigos. Uh, yeah, and around the Bendigos. Uh, <laughs> Daniel chapter 3, Hebrew children. Go. Right. Um, guess what? I think we're going to start seeing the darker the times get. The, the more we're going to see powerful acts of God. Mm-hmm. We were talking about acts of God earlier, mm-hmm. and is that an act of God? Is that God really speaking? And we kind of wonder, um, when God speaks, when God moves, mm-hmm. there's no wondering going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I look forward to that. I mean, it's scary sometimes when you think about it, mm-hmm. but what a time to be alive on the same token because that persecution that painfulness that that harsh stuff it really does drive you to the feet of Jesus and you do experience him in a deeper um more powerful way and that is always a good thing i mean chris you and i have been through some tough stuff too just life you know general life things and we've taken time where we're like okay every morning we're spending 2 hours at the fire with our Bibles open and our cup of coffee, and we are just focusing on God to get us through this little thing that we're mm-hmm. going through, relatively speaking. Um, and God shows up, and I'm just his mere presence mm-hmm. is sweeter than anything. And we're gonna actually get to live that out and experience that. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, don't let the physical of the world, you know, Satan wants us to focus on the physical. Mm-hmm. Don't let the physical of the world sidetrack you. Don't let the fear, you know, oh, whoa, science developed a new way for us to die. Whoa. <laughs> Guess <Yeah>. what? <laughs> you were going to, you know, go anyway. Yeah. Um, and suffering is hard. It is really hard. Yeah. We yeah. haven't experienced that like we have in the past as Americans. But God's grace and his mercy is going to be so evident and so clear for the believer that uh, we're going to have, I think we're going to have a lot of hope and maybe more hope than what we've had in the past. All right. Well, I got to give you guys some <laughs> sound effects. Good job. Good job. Now, that is not what I meant. <laughs> so let me tell you what I meant. No, I wanted you guys to re- kind of respond that way. That's why I added yeah. the challenge, not just Jesus is on the throne. Right, I wanted right. you to go deeper with that because yeah. there's always hope if you cling to to the cross. Amen. Mm-hmm. If you take the cross away, you have no hope. So I'm going to answer this question right. the same way as Ryan Peterson, a tall man, a six foot four, 
you know. <laughs> you have a man crush on Ryan Peterson. Because he's a big part of the show right now. <laughs> I, actually, I got a man crush on him more for like his sales ability and the way he manages his clients because we had this conversation. It's like, talking to him was I was like going back in time 25 years. But no, I really like the guy. Yeah, but he's, I know, I'm kidding. He's six foot four and I am five eight. Mike, you're five, four and a half. Yeah. Well, we don't really want to. You know, and a half five I'm, five with my shoes yeah. on. See, no one knows you're a hobbit looking at you on camera, That's so right. we don't really need to tell them. Mike, you, know? you look taller on TV. It's because I'm standing in front of text. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's good. But but him standing next to us is the point I've been making throughout the yeah. whole show. He's a tall guy. He's a foot taller than me. But if we yeah. brought in the NBA All Stars and the shortest guy is six nine and the average is six eleven. He's not a tall guy. It's the same thing with this question. Is there still there is still hope for the American Christian? I'm going to tell you way off. I am way off. There is not hope for the American Christian. The American Christian and the way I'm going to define it again, context is everything, is the American Christian is soft. You're using that word wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the American Christian uh, needs its own language. You know, the American Christian needs special accommodations. And most of all, the American Christian needs to be made comfortable, especially when they go to church. And if they're not comfortable, they'll go see the, the, the customer service manager to demand that the music change or that the pastor but change. By definition, or that the pastor doesn't use a voice that Doesn't that mean maybe they're not a Christian? Or American some, Christianity. Someone parked in my parking place or sat yeah, in my spot. Yeah. What has to happen yeah. is that Amer soft. American yeah. Christians need to become biblical Christians, Strong authentic Christian. biblical Christians from whatever race, mm -hmm. tribe, tongue, nationwide, worldwide, mm -hmm. that's the authentic Christianity that has the hope. Mm -hmm. So go. the fake American Christianity is about to become the no hope, no holds barred. So where do they put their hope? Then they put their hope in government or they put their hope in a lot of other Man. things. Yeah. Well, or, hey, I'm 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 great and, and maybe Jesus can come alongside and make me greater. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the thing. It comes down to this. Yeah. American Christianity and the hope is found in Jesus Christ at the cross. At the cross. And if we take yeah. him at his word, it will be something that will be so liberating. Why? Because there's two things going on. Number one is that are you generally a good person or are you generally a bad person? That's where the disconnect comes down to. American starts. Christians teach that you are generally a good person, but if your environment was better, or if, or if, if the people were better, or if, if there wasn't colonization by these evil white people, or whatever, fill in the blank. It's all relative, and you can run in circles talking about how good we are and how the only bad that we have comes from our environment or others. We can blame mm -hmm. others. We're, we're generally never bad. We, biblical Christians, come from this worldview. We believe, because the Bible tells us so, that you and I are all sinners, Emily and Mike Shaw, maybe a little bit more than you and I, but still, That's right. we're sinners, okay? And we are generally bad. And so the only goodness comes from Jesus who gives us eternal life. Amen. The reason it's called the good news is because he died the sacrificial death required for payment for your sins and mine. Then he gives this to us, this eternal life. He gives it to us free of charge. We just put our faith in him. We trust his finished work. We don't add a, even an ounce to it. Then he presents us in front of a holy God on Judgment Day as if we've never sinned. Now, biblical Christianity will never run out of hope. Mm -hmm. American Christianity is DOA, and 
in the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> well, when you define it that way. Yeah, you had a key word in there. You said fake American yeah, fake Christianity. American. Well, no, I, I yeah. mean, I, I again, yeah, was I the whole day, sure, the whole sure. day was all about concepts of is Ryan Peterson a, a tall guy? I, yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the concept is, is there is no hope for an American Christian right now in the soft cultural, you know, snowflake woke world that we live yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And, and so a lot of us want to just hold on to the cross tightly, keep our mouth shut and keep to ourselves. And God's telling us, no, some of you can't do that. Right. Some of you need to get out in front. Yep. You know, you don't want to broadcast anymore. Yes, I'm bringing you to be a pastor in this season of yep. your life, but you, I still got plans for your wife and you're going to help her. Okay, Lord. You know, I mean, you get what I'm saying? The hope is the um, uh, context. Yeah. You know, the context is the hope. And, and if your hope is found in anything outside the cross of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, the perfect life lived, it's it's not going to last. And yeah. so I define American Christianity as a lost Christianity, as a fake Christianity. And having not defined that, I kind of let you guys. Yeah. Hey, we gave If you're good feeling answers, dizzy, though. it's because yeah, the tables did. have turned. <laughs> we, gave, we gave great answers. Well, there was a term that was used years ago that I really like called the visible church. Visible and by church. that, uh -huh. uh, we were talking about everybody who ascribes to Christianity, calls themselves a Christian, goes yeah. to church, yep. is active in Christian circles. That's the visible church. But yep. when you boil it all down to those who have a biblical world, View. Yeah. Remember deconstructionism, talking yep. about wanting a different yep. worldview. Mm -hmm. Yep. When you boil it down to people who truly do do still hold a biblical worldview, that number in the United States is very, very small. Probably yeah. about four percent mm -hmm. of those who do self-identify yeah. as Christian. Well, Mike Shaw, thank you for coming on the show again today. As always, uh, our yeah. studio producer and also um, you know, just here you're going to have your own show. Mm -hmm. uh, what other title did we give you? I don't okay, even... so on my news director, and what my else? email signature says news director, studio producer, web guy. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. All right. And the web that he's overseeing is freshroadmedia.com. Very good. And we'd love for you to go there and give a gift of any amount. We've got special gifts for you if you yes. do. Emily's blogs are there, including the latest one. Which is absolutely brilliant about the what's ugly, side, ugly of side of kindness. kindness. Yeah. All right, uh, Mike and I are all done. Emily, final thoughts. Take us out today. Oh, uh, hold fast to what you were first taught to get into God's word. Believe it, because when you believe God, when you trust him at his word, he shows you great and wonderful things. He then will reveal yeah, this is who I am. So it's it's an act of faith. Hold fast to that faith and then join us back again next week for No Apology with Emily.